Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Men and Tights Podcast. As usual, I do sincerely hope that you are all having a lovely weekend, that you will have an even better weekend. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And please make sure to follow me on Twitter at IamFossilTude for any and all future podcast information. And I do have some news regarding the podcast, but I'm saving that for the end of this episode, because this episode is all about the WWE's annual Clash of Champions event, which is live this Sunday, emanating from the Spectrum Center in Raleigh, North Carolina, which I really wish I was going to, since it's only about a four-hour drive away from me. But, oh well, maybe I can go to the next North Carolina show they do. We'll see. Uh, but that's not the only thing I'll be talking about today because I also have some other wrestling stories that I wanted to cover as well uh, on here instead of doing short videos on the YouTube channel like I have been doing for other stuff if you've been following the YouTube channel uh, with, you know, certain movie news and, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, but that's enough rambling. Let's get right into this thing. So, if you've been living under a rock over the last couple of weeks with regards to the wrestling uh, world, uh, apparently there is a, a big drama going on with uh, involving Ric Flair, the WWE, and the trademark for the nickname The Man. Um, I have a couple of articles that I'm going to be reading on here, and I will have the links to those in the description for this podcast if you want to check them out as well. And headline this one. Uh, from comicbook.com. Yeah, comicbook.com. It says, Ric Flair attempts to trademark the man nickname. Let me read a few snippets of this. It says, Of uh, all well, Ric Flair's famous catchphrases, one, tall, one stands tall above the rest. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. Great catchphrase. Uh, and now it appears the Nature Boy wants to get his hands on the trademark for the nickname, the man. As Flair seems to take exception to both Becky Lynch and Taylor Swift for referring to themselves by his old nickname when he tweeted back on August 24th. I'm not sure what Taylor Swift has to do with it. I'm, even though I like her music, I don't follow her that much. But here the tweet says, uh, I hate to break it to you both, Becky, at Becky Lynch WWE and at Taylor Swift 13, but I'm the man. And to be the man, you, have to, you gotta beat the man. Woo! Hashtag the man. And then it says that a couple of days later, he, that Flair filed a trademark for the man, and that, and that it's under the, you know, he these days we're here under entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibitions, live appearances, and performances by a professional wrestler and entertainer rendered live and through broadcast media, namely television and radio, and via the internet or commercial online service, providing wrestling news informa and information via global computer network, providing information in the fields of sports and entertainment via an online community portal, providing a website in the field of sports entertainment, fan club services, organizing and staging entertainment events with wrestling fan club members, providing online newsletters in the fields of sports entertainment and online journals, namely blogs in the field of sports entertainment. Whew. And Lynch started referring to herself as the man after her gimmick change in late August 2018, which has since become a staple of her persona and virtually all of her merchandise. Back in April, she explained the thought process behind the nickname in an interview with People. And when we look at different sports, we look at this and the we look at this in the industry here and in the industry. Uh, you need a you need a top person, the person of exceptional ability who is usually referred to as the man. Lynch said. Uh, they're the man, and up until now, the man was has usually been a man. 
Woo. Uh, but when I rolled up, when I took that top spot, when I said, I'm the top dog, I'm the top star, I'm the face of this company, I am now the man, and that's how it came about, she continued. Um, and then it just, you know, kind of recaps her uh, winning at WrestleMania and blah, blah. And another article that I got right here from CagesideSeats.com. Now, the headline reads, Ric Flair threatens WWE with legal action. Uh, over the man trademark, and he had spoken with TMZ apparently. And it says, yeah, uh, in an interview with TMZ, Ric Flair goes off on WWE. Flair claims the company blew him off when he asked to be paid for the use of the catchphrase, the man. Um, as Flair makes it clear, he has no beef with our last kicker, but feels disrespected by WWE. And here's what it says. Uh, I'm glad that I'm having this opportunity to clear the air. When I first saw this go down in August 2018, I thought, cool, the man, my gimmick versus my daughter. Okay, that's the day it started, right after SummerSlam. I thought, cool. I said, I'm going to make some money. It's my trademark, and they have and they have it to use. I've been saying it since 1981, so I got my word... I got my worded statement, I sent them a text, and the lawyer, who just has no respect for me whatsoever, which is something I'm not going to deal with much longer, he said, you're wrong, it's not even close, and I said, it's not even close, so boom, then I sent him another text, he didn't respond, so I had my lawyer call him, and he blew off my lawyer, this is all in 2018, or in January of 19, I told Hunter, Hunter, I'm gonna file, I mean, the reason they don't have it, is my understanding is that it's because it's too close to mine. After explaining how he already owns the trademark and wrote a book including the man phrase as well as producing his own the man merchandise, Flair continued in. Yeah, that's his first biography and I do have that. It's a great biography. I have it autographed by Ric Flair. But anyways, uh, as it continues, it's funny. My daughter is so mad at me because I filed not even understanding that it's not with with Becky. I have no beef with Becky. Uh, it's But here's the deal. When I almost died two years ago, one person, one person stayed by me the whole time for 31 days in the ICU, 12 days while I was dying on a respirator, and I'm going to take care of her and her family, and my family that has taken care of me, no matter what. I don't care what the WWE thinks of me personally, I know they love me, but obviously they have lost respect for me. Ouch. Uh, Flair would end up would end by saying he's more than happy to let Becky Lynch have the phrase, as long as WWE pays him and his family. <laughs> And then over the weekend, and this article was from September 5th, uh, says over the weekend, uh, reports surfaced for a flare filing for trademarks with both Lynch and the 16-time world champion taking to social media with the, with reactions. Uh, let me click on that link, see what that says. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, basically quoting everything that I read in the previous article, and says, Now that it's out in the open, there's this is a very ugly situation between the Nature Boy and WWE. Hopefully it ends with Flair, Lynch, and WWE all happy with the outcome. Uh, Alright, and then a third article, another one from comicbook.com. Uh, and it's funny, because when I first saw this being reported on comicbook.com, I saw a lot of, you know, quote-unquote comic book purists, angry, like, why is this wrestling crap on my comic book website? Uh, whatever, but anyways, this one, 
Becky Lynch gives her thoughts on Ric Flair's attempt to trademark the man nickname. This is dated September 9th, so it's this week, this past Monday. And Becky Lynch has been using the man as a nickname for nearly a year now, but the reigning Raw Women's Champion recently found herself in the middle of a trademark dispute between the Nature Boy Ric Flair and the WWE. Back in late August, Flair filed for the trademark of the man nickname, claiming that it has it has, was given to it was it was his given his to be the man you've got to beat the man trademark catchphrase. Uh, Lynch subtly hinted at the issue on Twitter shortly after the trademark filing, but on Monday she gave an official quote at ESPN's Mark Ramondi, and here's the quote. All I can say about Rick is, I like Rick. He's been a good friend to me over the years, Lynch said. We'll see what happens with that. And then again, it recaps the whole thing with him filing the trademark and speaking with TMZ and, he's, and all the drama with the lawyer. And uh, also says, even if I won, Becky can have it all day long. He continued, I'm glad, I, but I want the company to pay me for it because I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to, I'm going to be the man. And if I don't get it, you know what my tombstone will say? He died trying to be the man. <laughs> That's. Uh, well, we all know Flair is, <laughs> does have quite a flair for you know flair for the dramatic. No pun intended. Um, so. My personal thoughts on this whole thing is just if he does have you know legitimate you know claims to the to the nickname and the catchphrase of the man, then just let let the man have it. He's he's a legend. He's one of the greatest of all time, uh, one of the best ever uh, in the in the in the in the biz, as they say. Um, you know, countless world championships, and if you actually look back, he has he's a uh, officially a 21 or 22 or unofficially 20 something time world champion because a lot of the ones that were not officially recognized because of you know other legal stuff that went down uh, let me take a sip of my drink <sighs> the signy um but yeah it's just it's he's rick fucking flair and um, just if he, if it's his trade if it's legitimately his trademark, then WWE should do the right thing and pay him for that. But if he does not have the trademark, uh, because I, I do not see I have not seen the actual pay, the actual documentation of such, and honestly I'm too lazy to to, to look into that. But you know because that kind of thing it is you can find it it is pop it is public it it is public documentation to look at that stuff up so. But I don't. I haven't seen it. So whether he legit, legitimately owns it or WWE owns it, I don't know. Uh, that's not my. That's not for me to to judge on. But but then well then again I am kind of judging right here. But anyways, um, whether he owns it or WWE owns it, there needs they need to come to an understanding because, you um, because he, he still has his legends deal with, with them. I'm sure. Plus you know they do employ his daughter and. And I'm sure he would not want this situation to get in the way of uh, of him or of his his daughter being able to make to make earn a living in the WWE. Um, I'm gonna try to follow this situation closely and see if it gets any uglier. Uh, and I'll either bring it up on the next podcast or I'll, I'll do a short video on the YouTube channel. Uh, follow, if, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, you'll be the first to know about that. All
and moving on we have another little bit of news that uh, is kind of confusing but at the same time not really if you've you know kind of followed how WWE's been the last couple of years um, is that uh, the Worlds Collide event uh, will be replacing NXT TakeOver during the Royal Rumble weekend for 2020 um, I'm reading from uh, ProWrestlingSheet.com because that's where I first heard the news um, the Pro Wrestling Sheet has confirmed WWE's Worlds Collide will be replacing NXT TakeOver during Royal Rumble Weekend in January 2020. WWE released travel package information on Monday for Royal Rumble Weekend in Houston, and the events listed show Worlds Collide event happening instead of NXT TakeOver. The sources in WWE confirmed this was not a mistake, and that the schedule of NXT TakeOver events in 2020 will, with more details, will be announced in the near future. More likely, you know, to accommodate them going live Wednesdays on USA. And it says Worlds Collide is a WWE event, blah, blah, blah. And let me see. And then, you know, the official, you know, announcement on WWE.com, yeah, Royal Rumble Travel Package will be available Thursday, September 12th, which is the date that this will be going up uh, live. So. By the time this goes up, it will be available, and you know, it shows uh, the championship package uh, for that. Says you know uh, we have Royal Rumble on Sunday, January twenty-sixth. Yeah, Worlds Collide Saturday, January twenty-fifth, um, and a bunch of other stuff like a, a, a loot superstar legends dinner on the Friday, the twenty-fourth. Uh, a VIP expedition as well, and several other lovely little items but yeah nxt takeover at least for royal rumble weekend will not be happening it will instead be the world's collide event that has been a a bit of a staple on the wwe network the last couple of years which is i've i've loved the world's collide events that's pretty cool but um you know as someone who loves the nxt takeover events especially since they're always well, yeah, basically always better than the main WWE pay-per-views. Well, so I'm curious to see what the new uh, schedule of the NXT TakeOvers is going to look like. Because, I mean, I like how they've kept it as, you know, Royal Rumble Weekend, WrestleMania Weekend, SummerSlam Weekend, Survivor Series Weekend, and then having one in between uh, from between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Um, but, you know, all we can do is just keep an eye on it and see how that's going to work out. I mean... I trust that they know what they're doing with regards to that stuff because, you know, those events are primarily through like you know guys like Triple H who run that that part of the WWE uh, system. So it's pretty cool, and we'll see how that works out. Another one I wanted to talk about uh, is this because uh, it was regarding a leak that had gone out a couple weeks ago about um, that uh, The Fiend was going to be challenging for the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell. Well, I guess because WWE caught wind of that leak, they actually kind of addressed it on Raw during a Firefly's Funhouse segment. Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt, you know, doing his usual Firefly Funhouse stuff. And then the, 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 the Vince McMahon puppet, the boss puppet, came up saying, you know, how, 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 how dare you challenge Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell. And then Bray Wyatt pulls out a bunch of, a bunch of hundreds, saying, like, look, look what I've made. And then puts one of the hundreds in the mouth of the puppet and he swallows it up and it's like, all is good. And, you know, the last couple of Firefly Funhouse segments, you know, Bray Wyatt has, has closed it with, See you in hell! You know, all cheery and happy. 
Um, and it's just, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, The Fiend had only just made his in-ring debut at SummerSlam, and already he's challenging for the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell. Um, some would say that's pretty soon, and yeah, I can see that. I can, I can, I can agree to it as well. Um, but if you want to establish the fiend as a legitimate threat to the to the main roster, well, better way to do it than have him winning the the one of the top titles in a major match on a on a pretty big pay per view uh, with one of their top stars, and then he can be a dominant champion for however long they see fit and. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be Seth Rollins that he'll fight. Um, whether or not it would actually be a Hell in a Cell match, I don't know. Um, and more than likely, since they've already planted the seeds the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe how whatever happens at the during the Universal Championship match on the pay per view. Uh, who, regardless of, who, of whoever wins, maybe the Fiend will make his presence known. Afterwards, well, he will take out whichever whoever is the winner, and and you know, honestly, I would not mind him actually being walking out Universal Champion at Hell in a Cell, and hopefully get a proper reign as champion, especially if they do the Firefly Funhouse segments where they have the Universal Title featured on there uh, with the rest of the the Funhouse gang. That'll be that would be fun to watch. Um, because I I've loved Bray Wyatt forever. Since the the character originally debuted on NXT, uh, and I'm especially I I just but I especially love him as Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend, especially the theme song and the entrance at SummerSlam was just fucking mwah, perfect. I've listened to that theme song and watched that entrance over and over and over again, and I've not gotten tired about it at all. I loved it. It was perfect, and. And I love that they're not oversaturating and overexposing him as the fiend. That they're only bringing him on for like select segments and select episodes of Raw to take out certain legends. You know, like he took out Finn Balor to start it off. Then he took out McFoley and he took out Kurt Angle. Uh, he took out Jerry Lawler. And you know, I, I love that they're not overdoing it and overexposing and. Uh, because you want to you want to keep him special. You want to you want to keep the, the mystique going. You know. Uh, so I look forward very much to seeing what they do with him next. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. And this one is kind of funny. That's uh, I mean because we saw him on SmackDown uh, this week, uh, but that's also because Raw and SmackDown were at the Garden this week and. Uh, you know, I actually really liked both Raw and SmackDown this week because, you know, they were at Madison Square Garden, New York City, and uh, for me, when they, whenever they, they've done shows at the Garden, those are usually the best shows of the year. At least to me, they are. So, I really enjoyed Raw and SmackDown. I enjoyed Raw more than, than I did SmackDown, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, apparently, uh, from Dave Meltzer, trying to explain why Shane McMahon had been off TV the last few weeks, here, well, here's what he said. <laughs> Says it was reported by Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio. I'm reading this from WrestlingNewsSource.com. Says Shane has been absent because WWE Creative had nothing for him, and Vince McMahon forgot about his continuing about continuing his son's feud with Kevin Owens, given he was he has been overseeing on the scripts of late. 
It actually transpires that McMahon is currently away performing jury duty services near New York City. His feud with Owens is expected to continue when he returns. Yeah, that's exactly what Meltzer was saying that he was gone because Vince forgot to continue the storyline, but the truth is he's been doing jury duty in New York City because Shane McMahon lives in New York City. He is a resident of New York City. And hearing this kind of stuff, it's like... Like, why why do people take Dave Meltzer you know, seriously when he reports? He, a lot of times, I've always said he reports a lot of bullshit. And even reading some of the people responding to it, it says, first top, top, the top comment, Meltzer is wrong yet again. Remind me why he is seen as a reliable source. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he has his his insider people that give him this information, but it's like, like he has been wrong so many times, and the fact that people still take his shit seriously, especially with those bullshit match ratings, because for so many decades his ratings were on a five star scale, but then suddenly he broke his 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 own ratings for matches at the Tokyo Dome, like oh seven stars, or you know, like or like Bruce Pritchard says, oh if it was in the Tokyo Dome it'd be seven hundred and a quarter stars. <sighs> Oh, yeah, he's saying that uh, that Vince forgot about his son's storyline. Nope. He's been having jury duty. So, I, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't even know why I'm covering this, but I just feel like it was... I just, I just, I guess I just wanted another reason to rant on how much I fucking hate Dave Meltzer. Because he, he acts like he's... Like he, like he acts like he's, like he's, he is the, the, no, the biggest name on the dirt sheets. And yeah, he is basically the biggest name. Um, uh, sorry about that. Um, he is, he's just the, the biggest full of shit guy on, in the wrestling business who is not an actual wrestler. He is not an, he's not even actually really in the business. He's a fan that thinks he knows everything and he does not. And Especially like a lot of the like re-listening to some of the older something to wrestle podcast, uh, especially the one about Sable, he has said a lot of fucked up stuff about some of these people. Like seriously, go listen to the something to wrestle with podcast with Bruce Pritchard on when they talked about Sable, and hear some of the stuff that Conrad reads that Dave Meltzer wrote about Sable. Like, that's like why? Like, I don't know how anyone can take him seriously. You know, to quote Bruce Pritchard, fuck Dave Meltzer. That's all I can say. And it's just funny because, you know, my most watched video that I have on the YouTube channel is the video in which I talked about uh, Dave Meltzer's perceived body shaming of Peyton Royce last year. And that's still the most watched thing I'd ever uploaded on the YouTube channel. And I don't know why it is, but it is. But yeah, fuck Dave Meltzer. Now, let's get into the Clash of Champions predictions. And um, but before I actually get into the matches, I just want to say it was my impression that the King of the Rings finals was supposed to take place on uh, the pay-per-view, but as a SmackDown this week, no. The finals of the tournament is happening on Raw next week. Why? I don't know. I think it shouldn't be happening on Raw. That's just me. Should have had it on the pay-per-view because it would make sense. Because King of the Ring is a is a championship of of sorts, 
and a pay-per-view called Clash of Champions, having a King of the Ring Finals would have been great. It would have been perfect, but they decided not to include that, so whatever. But here are the matches that we do have confirmed from the pay-per-view. We have what is definitely going to be on the kickoff show. Drew Gulak defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Humberto Carrillo. <sighs> and I'll be honest, I have not really followed um, Humberto um, on his time on NXT or on 205 Live, so I don't know how good he is, um, but I mean, 205 Live, they usually have some of the best people on there, and let me take another sip of my drink. Um, but, you know, of course you already know I'm a Drew Gulak fan. Uh, uh, and, and if you listen to his episode of, on the episode of the Edging Christian podcast that he was on, the, the I'm a Gulaxian. Uh, yeah, cause they, they, cause, cause they, and they nicknamed him Guardian of the Gulaxies. Uh, right, you should just check out, it's a, it, you should, you should check out the ENC pod in general, cause it's an awesome podcast. <laughs> Yeah, pun intended. Um, so I mean, I really don't. And I don't. Again, I'm not familiar with Humberto Carrillo, but uh, I'll just say my prediction is Gulak to win. Uh, next match that I think they might put this one on the kickoff. I really hope they don't, but they probably will. Shinsuke Nakamura defending the Intercontinental Championship against The Miz with the Sh Sami Zayn and Shinsuke's a corner. <laughs> Uh, again, I really hope they don't put this on the kickoff, but because for whatever reason they've they don't include they don't seem to include the Intercontinental title on the main shows anymore. Um, not sure why, but that's been their thing over the last couple months. Because um, last time that I can remember the, the the Intercontinental title being featured on the main pay per view was at WrestleMania. Uh, when it was Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley, which, where the hell has Bobby Lashley been? Is, is he injured? I don't know. Uh, I haven't really kept, kept up with that. Uh, I don't know. In a way, I kind of miss Bobby Lashley, because even though he, they saddled him with a lot of bullshit storylines when he came back, um, I don't know. I like Bobby Lashley, and he's definitely capable of capable of a lot more. If you see, if you remember his when he was in Impact Wrestling before he came back to WWE, you know he was he was pretty awesome and badass on on in Impact. But you know. but yeah, it's Nakamura versus The Miz uh, for the Intercontinental Title, and um, I mean storyline wise, I have no reason to care about the match, but because I am a fan of both men, especially Nakamura, who's fucking badass and uh, deserves so much more and could be such a great arrogant heel. Because uh, I actually watched a video from What Culture where they talked about like tweaks that would make certain wrestlers perfect in WWE, and one of the ones that they came up with for Nakamura was uh, make him like an, an elitist character that thinks he's that sees himself as above everyone in WWE and. I agree. I would love to see him be portrayed in that manner, but I don't know. I'm probably not gonna see anything like that anytime soon. But and but Miz also, he's he's definitely capable of having a really good match. He's had several of them in recent years since he, as he always put it, he elevated the Intercontinental Championship to legendary status. Uh, you know, for the first time in so many years or whatever. So this one will definitely be a very good match. 
how much time they'll they'll they'll, they'll let them have. I don't know if and especially if it's if I'm, I'm again I'm assuming it's going to be on the kickoff. Um, but my prediction as of right now is that Shinsuke Nakamura is going to retain the championship. And then moving on, we have the women's tag team championship. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against Fire and Desire, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Uh, I'm guessing the Fire is Sonya Deville and the, the Desire is Mandy Rose, which... Whew, yeah, I definitely agree with those nicknames. Um, now... I'm a fan of all four women, as you no doubt would already be aware of, following me on Twitter, seeing some of the stuff that I do tend to post about these ladies when they're whenever they're on Raw or SmackDown. Um <sighs> Ah, sorry. You know, it's kinda you know, late Wednesday going well, Tuesday going into Wednesday, it's almost 1.30 in the morning that I'm recording this because I was replaying Batman Arkham Asylum and decided, you know what, let me just stop now and record the podcast. But, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm a little sleepy, but I'm going to champion through this. Haha, <laughs> champion through, no pun intended, uh, for, the, for you guys so I can get this put out there for you all to li listen to and give me your thoughts and whatever. Now... I mean, I don't expect this exactly to be like a, you know, five-star classic kind of match. But it's definitely going to be an entertaining match. Because, especially with uh, Sonya Deville has... She, she... I've been saying for a long time, she she should have been a women's champion a long time ago. She has this the skills. She has the the ability. She has the, the talent. And Mandy Rose, she has the, the, she has the personality. And has improved a lot in the ring. And, of course, Alexa Bliss. I, I, I just love her so very much. Ah, the goddess. And then Nikki Cross is always awesome, always badass, and and I've I've fallen in love with her as well in over in recent months. Um, and like I said, I don't expect this to be a five star classic, uh, but it is definitely going to be a very very good match. And and I'm glad that Deville and Mandy Rose are getting this opportunity for the championships because um, after I think after Elimination Chamber. Uh, they didn't really get a fair shot at the at the championships, but I'm glad that they are getting that fair shot. So, my and also because I'm thinking WWE doesn't exactly know what to do with the women's championships right now. Uh, my prediction is that Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are going to win the championships. Yeah, I would love to see that happen, and if it doesn't happen, I'll be okay with that as well. But that's my prediction. Fire and Desire will uh, will be your new women's tag team champions. And then this match that was just added this earlier this week, AJ Styles defending the United States Championship against Cedric Alexander. And this is a match that I'm very excited about because I've been a fan of both of these guys for well over a decade. AJ Styles, I've been a, I've been a fan of Styles since I first watched him in TNA Wrestling back in 2002-2003. And Cedric Alexander, I've been a fan of his since I first got to watch him on Ring of Honor like five years ago. Um, no, five yeah, five years ago, and I really hope that this match will get you know about twenty minutes worth because this 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 the talent that these two have you know if they get the the proper amount of time like you know give them fifteen to twenty minutes this has the potential to be a show stealer kind of match you know they it's and even even match of the year you know candidate potential in my in in my opinion.
and because of course AJ Styles, he's the phenomenal AJ Styles, and Cedric Alexander, uh, he was he was he's always been a standout performer. He was a great cruiserweight champion as well, and um, just whether or not whether whether or not I think he's ready to be a United States champion, um, I mean that's up for debate and that's subjective depending on who you ask. You know, it's not for me to decide if he's if he's ready. Uh, but if he were to win the United States Championship, I, I I would be okay with that. I'm a, I am I am a fan of his. And uh, like I said, cause I've been a fan. I've been watching him since Ring of Honor for like five or six years. And you know, he is definitely a standout performer. However, because I feel like they're trying to build AJ Styles up for a p potentially. Depending on how things go with the Intercontinental Championship over the next couple months, potentially him versus Nakamura at Survivor Series when they do the Champion versus Champions Raw versus SmackDown matches, maybe it would be you know U.S. Champion versus IC Champion AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. That maybe WWE is is wanting to do something like that. So my prediction is for AJ Styles to retain the championship. And then next up on my list, there is the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey defending against the Queen Charlotte Flair, who will be uh, in her hometown. I believe it's the hometown, right? Hometown, yeah. No, well, Raleigh, uh, but well, it's home state. She's the home state girl, so I'm ex I'm expecting her to get a decent sized pop when she comes out for that match. And uh, you know, they're definitely gonna play up to that. Which you know, of course they will. They they always do that whenever then the Carolinas. Although technically North Carolina is AJ Styles' home because he was born on Camp Lejeune, which is just 20 minutes from me right now. Um, but I mean, we've been, we've we've seen Bailey and Charlotte Flair have several matches before. They they fought in NXT for the NXT Women's Championships, I believe. They fought for the Raw Women's Championship two years ago, and now they're fighting for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, Um, and, and I'm not like I said, not like I said about the women SmackDown women's title tag team title match. Although uh, I'm not exactly expecting it to be a five star classic, but it's definitely going to be a very good match. And I am much like with that with the other, with the women's tag title match. I'm a big fan of both. You know, Charlotte Flair is my favorite woman in WWE right now, but I also have a big soft spot for, for Bailey. Which again, you follow me on Twitter, you already know how, how much I love Bailey. Um, so this is definitely a match that I'm looking forward to very much. It's going to be a very fun match because both women are extremely talented and athletic and definitely can deliver a great match. I mean, hell, we've seen all the great matches that Charlotte and Becky Lynch had last year. And of course, who can forget Sasha and Bailey from 2015 take over Brooklyn. Um, uh, but because I feel like they're. You know the tag with the tag match that we had with Charlotte and Becky against Sasha and Bailey from Raw this week. I feel like there's more to that story that they want to build to. So as of right now, I'm predicting Bailey to retain the women's SmackDown Women's Championship because I feel like there's more to this little story that they want to explore. And I'll get to that when I get to the other women's title match, but. Before that, we have the Raw Tag Team Championships. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman defending against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, 
or as some one of the tag team nicknames that I've heard for them. Um, well, the nickname that I had created, written down on Twitter was uh, the Glorious Showoffs, but then another, somebody else came up with, and then this is definitely a perfect nickname, Rudolph, for for Rude, Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler, Team Rudolph, or just Rudolph. That would... If that's if that becomes their official tag team name, I would love that so much. It's it's ridiculous, but it's but yet perfect at the same time. Um, and you know, because they they've done these kind of matches before, where you know they have the it's tag team champions, but then they're fighting for the world championship as well. Although this is a, as they keep saying it the first time, they do it in the same night. Um, but I mean, it's of course it's going to be a, a fun and entertaining match. You know, Rollins. You know, and Ziggler are gonna carry the bulk of the wrestling part of it. Robert Roode and Braun Showman will do a lot of the brawling, I'm sure. <sighs> Sorry. Um, but you know, it is a little predictable that they that there's gonna be a moment in the match where Rollins and Showman, you know, have finally butt heads. You know. Come to the, come come at at odds with each other or whatever the phrase is I don't know and you know it's gonna cause them to uh, clash you know no pun intended um, and it's gonna you know their team the little tandem of of Rollins and Strowman is gonna fall apart and we're gonna and that we would see new Raw Tag Team Champions Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler that is my prediction. Um, as far as what kind of, how the match is gonna go, I feel like this match will probably go about you know they I feel like they they were gonna, they would give this match about fifteen minutes before they decide to you know go home as they as the as the terminology is and and I mean because I was not a fan of Rollins and Showman winning the t the championships in the first place because I loved that the OC the club whatever you want to call them the Good Brothers um, that they were the champions again and I thought that this was going to be a great way to build the all the whole team up you know of the club the OC you know being a dominant stable um, but they decided no they didn't want to do that so I mean I mean not not that not to say that they're not they haven't been dominant even without the titles but it's just it helped. Have them being champions helped. But that's my prediction. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler to be new champions. And then moving on to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The New Day defending against the Revival, which... Are the Revival a Raw team? Or am I, or am I just missing something? Anyways. Um... It's just this, it's interesting because yeah yeah Raw, the Revival they're they're from Monday Night Raw but challenging for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Um... But, but then again, you know, the Usos are a Raw team. They challenge for the SmackDown Tag Titles against Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Um, but you know, I guess I guess it's you know wild card rules and all that bullshit. But whatever. This is this is definitely a match that could be could also have potential to be, uh, you know, show stealer and match of the year potential because both teams are are great. You know, Woods and, and Big E are a great team. The Revival are awesome. One, they are my favorite tag team in WWE uh, currently. Um, but and because I because really it's hard to tell like what the plan is for them with with regards to the Revival because it's gone back and forth a lot this year. I mean, because they they won the tag titles twice. 
Um, but then there was the, 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 the stupid rivalry with the Usos, with shaving each other's backs and Usiot. However, since they've, you know, partnered up with Randy Orton, they're becoming a a more serious team again, and I love that. And I do, and I love that they've been teaming up with Randy Orton. That's that's been a great pairing, in my opinion. Feels very much like a potential, like you know, four horsemen type of deal, but with them, uh, although they are missing that fourth horseman. Not sure who would fit into that, but you know, if they want to go that route, um, who would I want to see fill that spot? Uh, let's see who's on the roster that would be that would fit in well with the with that because because uh, Orton would be Rick, the Ric Flair part of course, um, and then Revival would be Tully and, and Arn Anderson. Um, let's see, uh, then who would fill the the other spot? Huh. Hmm. Yeah, Orton's Flair, Revival, or Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. So then who would fill the, I guess, the Barry Windham spot? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. But anyways, um, my prediction is that the Revival are going to be new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah. And then moving on to the only non-title match... Or non-championship match at Clash of Champions. It's Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan because we the the mystery has been solved. It was Eric Rowan all along who was trying to kill Roman Reigns. Um, whatever the reasons are, I don't think we've gotten a real reason yet. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out eventually because because they've been building the story up for like two months. It feels like. Uh, or at, at least at least five five or six weeks, so I'd feel like this won't be just a one match and that's it kind of thing. Uh, so I'm sure that after this match they're gonna you know expand on it a little long, a little more and see where we go from here. Maybe have some kind of match at Hell in a Cell with 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 the two of them, or, or maybe something. Oh, keep up that microphone. Sorry, uh, something that involves the two them two and Daniel Bryan. Or, or maybe Daniel Bryan will get involved in this match because, you know, he has beef with Roman Reigns, but then he also has beef with Eric Rowan because he was lied to by Eric Rowan and he was betrayed by Rowan and, um, um so I mean, I'm sure this, I'm sure it'll be a good match as well because uh, Roman Reigns does have a, it in him to have a really good match when he, you know, with the right opponent and Eric Rowan is another amazing talent as well, um. But I do predict that Roman Reigns is going to win the match, whether or not he wins it cleanly, or maybe it's like a he wins it by disqualification. More likely, he'll win it by disqualification because it'll probably end in some kind of brawl or something where he gets hands up through the announcer table, unless they're saving it for one of the other matches. Um, but yeah, it's my prediction: Roman Reigns to win, and then the story continues into Hell in a Cell. And then we have the Raw Women's Championship match. The man, Becky Lynch, defending against the boss, the, the standard, the blueprint, apparently. Uh, the new nicknames for her, uh, Sasha Banks. And this is definitely one that is 
another one that, again, I feel like has potential to be match of the night, you know, show stealer, potential match of the year candidate, you know, but we shall see how all that works out. Because, I mean, honestly, just top to bottom, this the card for, for this pay-per-view is really good. On paper, to me, it looks better than SummerSlam, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, this is another match that I am very much looking forward to, because, like I said with Bailey versus Charlotte Flair, I feel like what we got from that tag match on on Raw this past Monday at the Garden, uh, there's gonna they're gonna expand on that a little more because it felt like, you know, that they, it felt the way it ended for that match, it felt like that there's more to, that they want that they want to tell, but they just can't do it yet because uh, they wanted to get through the clash the clash pay per view, and you know we would see what happens after that, but because. I mean, when I tweeted out about the, the the first the news about the match, when I first heard about it, I said that this should have been saved for a pay per view. But at the same time, I understand why they didn't save it because you know it helped it helped you know sell the the, the t tickets for the show and get people to tune in for the show. Um, but and I feel like you know with Bailey being like uh, like kind of like a heel. Uh, and with regards to Sasha Banks, I feel like she's going to do something that's going to help Sasha Banks defeat Becky Lynch to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Um, do I want to see that? Honestly, yes, I do. Um, whether or not we actually will see that, I guess we'll just have to wait and see this Sunday. And moving on to the SmackDown main event of the pay-per-view, it is Kofi Kingston defending the WWE Championship against his arch-nemesis, Randy Orton. You know, a few ten years in the making, as they've been saying. Uh, you know, they had a good match at SummerSlam until they had the, the stupid ending. And then they've been building it up even more, especially with, you know, this week, Raw and SmackDown were at the Garden, and they revisited that moment at the on Raw at the Garden back in 2009 when Kofi did the boom drop to Randy Orton through the table in the Garden, and they they recreated that moment here on SmackDown as well, uh, which is pretty fun. But um, uh, but the thing, what I loved about the promo that they had on SmackDown this week, up until they had the the part with the table, that Orton was talking about how you know that or Kofi Kingston is so fake and all the stuff, saying you know it's just something. Some, something about like you know it's as as fake as uh, the the phony Jamaican accent and the oh power of positivity push it is what he said and I I to me when he, as soon as he said that I just I, I just thought to myself and I even tweeted it like man I really hope Randy Orton wins this Sunday and I really do hope he wins and and I predict for him to win because I really I, but it's mostly because I really want Randy Orton to win because the storyline is just getting so good and. They could have that great blow-off match at Hell in a Cell in a Hell in a Cell match, and that and that that could be a potential match of the year candidate as well. That's that's what I really that's what I want to see. I want to see Randy Orton just dominate Kofi Kingston in this match, walk out WWE Champion, and then they have their blowout match of the year classic at Hell in a Cell in a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship, and either one of them can go over in that one, and I won't care. But I want Randy Orton, I predict and I want Randy Orton to win this match at Clash of Champions so that we can get to that point of having that match of the year, you know, match between them at Hell in a Cell. That's what I really hope will happen. And please, God, let that happen. 
And then this brings us to the Raw main event, with which I believe will probably close the pay-per-view. Uh, Seth Rollins defending his Universal Championship against the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Um, honestly, this match, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a very good match, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really care for it. I, I know I'm supposed to, but I honestly don't. And it's nothing against Rollins and Strowman. I, I'm, I'm, I love both guys. It's just there's really no story behind for me to get into where I what that where that makes me care about them. You know, because like like I've talked about this before. Like I like I talked heavily about it on my WrestleMania uh, greatest WrestleMania matches podcast back in uh, April. That you can have a the match could be great, but the story behind the match is what puts it over the top. Like, and the example I always like to use is Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania 18. The story and the atmosphere and the crowd are what put that match on legendary classic status. You know, if you watch that match on mute, honestly, you'll be bored. It's, and it's, it's true. I actually, tried, I actually tried that one time. I, I really did. And I put on the match, I muted it, and I just, I couldn't get into it. And then I unmuted it and you, you get sucked in with the with the with the power of the of the crowd um just but just, i don't feel any any story uh significance for this match other than just showman wanted a shot Rollins said okay you get a shot then they became tag champions look oh we're tag champions but but showman you, you keep looking at my belt because I want, I want it. Alright, well, let's have a match. That's basically it. That's basically how it was. It's just, you keep staring at my belt. I want the belt. Okay, then let's fight for it. Okay, we'll fight for it. That's basically all it was. Like, there's no, there was no real, like, conflict other than just, I saved you, give me a, I saved you on the Raw after SummerSlam, give me, a, give me a title shot. Uh, like I said, I'm sure it'll be a really good match. Great match, even. Um, but uh, since I talked about with Bray, with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, um, regardless of whoever wins this match, he, I'm sure he's he's gonna have some kind of involvement at the end. But I do predict Seth Rollins to win. Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins to win and retain the Universal Title, and then go on to Hell in a Cell to defend against the Fiend and probably and maybe even hopefully lose to the Fiend. But you know. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll get something good out of this. We'll find out Sunday. And that is it for this edition of the Men in Tights podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening and heard something that you liked and probably you didn't hear things you liked. You probably heard stuff you didn't like. Uh... If you did, if you enjoyed it, thank you. And if you didn't, thanks for tuning in anyway. And please make sure that you do tune in next week because I will have the, my usual shooting the shit post pay per view podcast recapping Clash of Champions, Raw, SmackDown, and I'll also cover NXT's debut on the USA Network that's coming up this coming Wednesday, as well as any other stuff that I feel is interesting and worth talking about. So, I do hope you will tune in for that. And please, check out my retro film reviews for the 1994 Lion King, 
Masters of the Universe, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, with many more of those coming very soon, as well as my worst best ranking Spider-Man films, and I'll have more of those coming out soon. <coughs> Excuse me. And also, I wanted to announce officially on the podcast that I'll be adding two new segments for the Menatites podcast, and they are classic wrestling pay-per-views, where I'll look back at big paper wrestling pay-per-views from the past and giving an honest review and critique for them, and video game reviews, which is pretty self-explanatory. Don't need to say much else about that. I don't know when exactly I'll be premiering either of those new segments, but it will be very soon, I can promise you that. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Manatize Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for all podcast updates. Follow me on Instagram uh, to enjoy some of the pictures I post uh, for, uh, at Fositude. You can follow me on Vero at Fositude for anything else. As I always say, Vero is the least dramatic social media website you will ever join. Uh, um, unless you love the drama, then stay out of Vero. <laughs> And please support the podcast by donating on Patreon if you would like to help improve the quality of the brand and contribute to my little hall of justice to keep me going. It's only $5 a month. I don't have any patrons at the moment because, you know, I'm just really not quite there yet as far as popularity goes. And I'm okay. It's a work in progress. I don't mind it so much. Uh, but yeah, it's only $5 a month, and with that, you can contribute to the podcast with your creative ideas, uh, including suggesting podcast ideas, seg new ideas for segments for me to do, uh, for full podcast episodes or stuff in between podcasts, non-full podcast stuff, and, and I will do everything that you guys suggest for me if you are if you are a paying patron of the podcast. And that is my promise to you, because I do all this for you. And I might have you know, ideas for different tiers going on in the future, but right now, I only have just the $5 patron option. Link to that will be in the description. And please be sure to also check out the uh, official Manatize podcast store, and I have a few shirts currently available in there. Uh, and plain t-shirt, long sleeve, tank top, baseball shirt, kids t-shirts, as well as stickers and wall art. And I'm working on, currently working on making new designs to premiere for the podcast for the podcast store as well. And I will have the link to the store in the description for you guys to check out. And hopefully you buy some shirts and put some more money in, more money in my bank account. <laughs> and as always, thank you all so much for tuning in and for subscribing and for listening to what I post on this damn thing. I love and appreciate every single one of you who do. I truly and genuinely do because again, I do this for all of you. I have so much fun doing this for all of you, however many of you who do, who do listen to this every week or every other week, depending on how I'm feeling, you know, and whether I actually do a podcast for that week. Um, and I hope you all enjoy this coming weekend. Spend it with your loved ones if you can, and if you're working, hopefully work won't stress you out too much. And this has been the Menatites Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time. Bye.